How are you guys today? Um, my name's Sarah Smith. I'm here with Teresa Roth. Hello. There you go. We are, what are we? Girl, girls, girls on Film. Girls on Film. We're Girls on Film. And we are here in Atlanta, Georgia, in the hotbed of the Southeast uh, greatest entertainment community, film, movie, music, gaming, etc. We are two loud mouths in the Hollywood down south. Hello. Speak for yourself, <laughs> chickadee. Oh, you're a loud mouth too. I know, me. I know, I know. Um, I don't think I could have gotten through life without it. It was an important thing to have. But we are here today with our very first ever guest on for girls on film and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this over to to you Teresa. okay daryl cohen Woo. he's so many things he's an actor he's an entertainment lawyer he's on so many boards um just a very accomplished guy so daryl i have a question for you so you started your uh, life in the entertainment business in 19... Blah, 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 blah. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so tell me what you think of the changes going on in Atlanta from when you started to now. I think there's really one word to describe it, and that's called incredible. Mm. And Nat King Cole may have done that quite well in a certain song mm. many, many years ago. When I first started, I all we had was the now recently deceased Burt Reynolds doing a couple of films. Ed Spivey was the film commissioner. And there was a lot of desert because nothing was happening. We had no production, none whatsoever. Daryl, I know you were in a soap opera called Savannah. Savannah, is that right? Savannah, the Catlins, both actually. I mean, Savannah is such a romantic city. And it was a soap opera. So I'm Mm -hmm. assuming that you were a romantic lead bad assumption i was Ooh. a one time only on camera person once and that was it what did, did you kill somebody what did you do i don't remember what it was that insignificant <laughs> that i honestly just do not remember but it was fun because i also got a couple of clients gotcha from Savannah. gotcha daryl is one of the founding members of the national academy of television arts and sciences and for those who who aren't familiar with that um that that's the emmy awards basically and um Daryl started a chapter here with a couple of friends that we, we know and love very well. And um, that chapter started out uh, as a small one. And I know now that it's one of the biggest in the country. Am I right? I think we're not only one of the biggest, we're probably the best. Oh, why, why is, of course we are. Hello, Naturally, Atlanta. We're here. The Southeast. Why are we the best? Because we do a lot of things and everything we do, we do right. As an example, Port Wilson, who I'm looking at even as we speak, has been an integral part of the Emmys. And it reminds me of a time when we had Glenda Hatchett, who was to be our MC. I was coming back. Judge Hatchett. Judge Hatchett. Yeah. And she hatcheted us. I remember. I was there. Coming back from New York, Evelyn Mims, Evie Mims, and I. And we found out that Judge Hatchett was, according to her people, in the hospital. And we tried to find where she was with no success. Right. And then poor Port, who had already written the entire show, yeah. found out they had to rewrite the, the entire, entire show. show. Which is three hours long, hello. And, and we reached out to Judge Hatchett <laughs> and said if she could just come in and wave, just anything. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Crickets. And so I and somebody else with the co-MCs, 
And then you fast forward many years later, I was doing an on-camera thing at a place called CNN. Yeah. And one of the producers brought me and reached out to me, and uh, I met Judge Hatchett. I told oh her God. what my feelings were. <gasps> oh, my gosh. How did she respond? I thought I told everybody. I said, Glenda, you didn't say a word to anybody. Wow. We were so disappointed, so right. saddened. And only quite 600 late, I was in infuriated, yeah. 600 very media. Yeah, 600 uh, TV anchors, reporters, people that never talk to anybody. Exactly. <laughs> people of no consequence. Yes, mm. yes. I, yeah, I remember that. I remember mm. that. That was a great show, though, anyway, because it was kind of all ad libbed and, and took off on its own. Mm. So, Daryl, you are also a member of the Screen Actors Guild, are yep. you not? Yeah. I am. What do you, you know, a lot of people talk about the advantages of being a member of that, of that guild. It's, it's got a great reputation for taking care of its people. What do you, what do you have to say about well, that? Well, SAG is a guild or a union, and it was part of two, actually, AFTRA, which is no longer there. It's now SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. We finally merged. And I was actually president in Georgia many, many decades ago. SAG is wonderful. It makes sure if you have enough money, that is not... To pay, but if you if you make enough money on the sets, then you're going to get insurance and pensions and all sorts of things, and their wages and working conditions that SAG makes sure are okay. Right. So it's a wonderful thing. It's expensive, yeah. And so if you're a working actor, then it's the only way to go. Gotcha. If you're just a OTO one time only, then it's not worth your while to join. And then you can't join unless you have the right credits or unless you have a producer that said you are going to get this then you become it's okay to join gotcha but sag is wonderful it really is it's been terrific i would love to hear one story from you about a, a crazy you know i know you have many stories daryl um what a pg rated one maybe or we could bleep the, the bad <laughs> parts but if you have one i'd love to hear well SAG is an interesting thing, and there were and still are low-budget and regular-budget films. And several years ago, a producer came to me, and he was shooting a film that was supposed to be low-budget. And according to the numbers, it wasn't. So a nice meeting with Melissa Goodman, who's our SAG person, and all of a sudden it became low-budget because Melissa, before we had the film and tax credits, she thought her job was to bring film to the state and make the people happy rather than as her predecessor trying to enforce every rule to the T. Melissa has been incredible for Georgia. So that's my PG story, but it's also an FG story, a feel-good story. I love it. <laughs> hey, um, I know you're also a voting member of Addis. So what are you looking at for the Oscars this year? I'm not sure. It's all done. I, we just had them, and I, then once again, starting in several months, we'll start looking at the submissions for next year's Oscars. So, so you wait. You wait till they send you everything. Oh, yeah, they send DVDs for and a while. You, they try to do everything online, right, right? and it just the quality just wasn't there. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. So they send you CDs, and then you binge. DVDs. DVDs, yeah. and then you binge. I binge. He's oh, my gosh. Does it take you like a week to watch everything? I don't watch it at one time. I do it. On weekends, I do it when I'm bored, 
and I'm not bored anymore. Mm-hmm. But it also brings me up to date and up to speed with all of the various entries that I wouldn't otherwise watch. Because gotcha. I'm a sports junkie, and that's what I watch. So you don't go to movies? Oh, I love movies. I, I like anything that I can sit down, watch, and be done. I don't need episodic where next week is going to tune in, and I may not be there next week. Gotcha. He's busy. So I want to ask you, as you know, you're an entertainment lawyer, and everyone thinks that sounds pretty, pretty fun. Um, Has your business grown since the business in Atlanta has grown, or are you have you always been sort of bi-coastal? Well, it's grown in terms of some things that are a little bit different. And an entertainment lawyer's got that great name of being an entertainment lawyer, right. but the real reality of it all is that you're doing transactional work or you're representing on-camera people. It hasn't changed in some ways, but there was a sexual harassment problem that took place on Black Panther that we represented the person who was being sexually harassed. This was a male being sexually harassed by a male, so it's not the Me Too movement. Oh, that's so interesting. Wow. Me Other movement. And we've represented some actors that otherwise we would not have represented, but not in terms of being their agent. Gotcha. We've seen different stuff come up, but it's not really that changed. Okay, okay. What has changed is the reality business. We represent a number of people in reality shows or unscripted TV, if you will, that's changed, but they don't get paid anything. Really? They get It's minuscule until at least the second season. Until they're moving forward. Or yeah. they're NeNe Leaks. Yeah. That, <laughs> that <laughs> for Chip, sure. Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yes. Yeah, they seem like they are doing pretty well. <laughs> and, you know, we're sitting here with, there. there are three pretty big, beautiful Emmy Awards behind you, Daryl. Um, and that's really impressive. I'm planning on taking some pictures of these puppies with you. So, so you know, makeup. Actually, you don't need any makeup. <laughs> I can make up everything. Got it. And if I have it, makeup in my bag, but you don't need it. You don't need it. You're so just handsome. so you know, these hand, so these Emmys are not from talent. They're from work. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Um, when uh, you, you're on CNN quite a bit, and. Um, what do they call you in there for? Well, I haven't do? done CNN in a while. For a long time, I did just straight news commentary, and they would call me, give me a great deal of notice. Can you be here in 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then when Nancy Grace was on air, we did a lot. Yep. Many times I was on her show, which was not commentary. It was more soap opera because you had to fight with Nancy. It was an opinion. Uh, well, no. Your she, opinion- wanted your, she wanted your ju- best judgment. She, no, she didn't. She wanted okay. my fighting. Gotcha. And her producers would constantly say, remember, fight with Nancy. you got to fight with Nancy. Got it. So my opinions had nothing to do with what oh I said. Oh, my God. I, I still I do love her though, and I can't remember who was the who was the dude she was on on with Good Mor- on Good Morning America. She was she was you don't remember him. I can't remember him either. Was that Sam? No, no, it was a lawyer, and he, now he's on the ID network. Mm-hmm. I'll look know. it up. But um, she's a she's a piece of work. I don't know what she's doing now. Do you know what she's doing, Teresa? I do not. Bring Nancy back. (laughs) I want her back. I think she's doing a podcast. Oh, we need to go interview her. That's right. Absolutely. Nancy's always busy. Good note. She's terrific. I mean, it was so what we did on air. Can you introduce us? Can we interview? We can. You can come. 
Like you help you, us. We I can fight with her. Yes. Oh my God, that is so perfect. <laughs> that is so perfect. <laughs> um, I met Daryl when I was working for a gentleman named Jim Kitchell at Turner Broadcasting, and um, I really, th- I think that Turner Broadcasting um, and CNN, of course, and and all of the offshoot networks that Turner has created in its time here. Um, I, you know, I know they launched in 1980 in Atlanta, and um, Ted Turner basically, you know, he said, he said, quote, uh, we can broadcast anywhere. We don't have to be in New York. And he, I think he was really a maverick and changed the way that, that everyone did things in entertainment and in, in news, et cetera. Um, but, Daryl, what do you think about Turner Broadcasting as, as a a company that kind of pushed Atlanta forward a little bit in the public eye. I don't think it pushed Atlanta forward a little bit. I think it made historic leaps. Really? Before Ted, we had our three uh, network affiliates, WSB, WAGA, and WXIA. Right. And then when there was Ted, there was CNN, which was Chicken Noodle Network initially. Yep. They, I remember that. Ted was on, uh, Ted and all of Turner was actually on Techwood Drive, where I used to be head lifeguard many, many years ago, and it was a place called the Progressive Club. So, it was it was a country club. So That's I remembered great. it well. And, and then it looks course, like Tara for yeah, people it does, that don't know. Clearly. And then it moved downtown to CNN, became where the world of Sid and Marty Croft was. We had actually done the Emmys there a couple of years when we had an ice rink there. So... All things have changed. It was and Emmys on Ice. Emmys on Ice. We did oh my God. twice in a row. Rick Alpert, who I think is now deceased, was the producer. Wow. History. And then I love the CNN history. has just been incredible. Yeah. It's done so many good things for Georgia. It's done so many good things for the television industry that you can't even imagine. And I don't care whether it's left or right or center. It's just right. done wonderful things. Right. Um, when, one time when I was, I so agree with you. Um, one time when I was working there, I went, I went in and, um, you know, opened the office up and there were, there were cops everywhere and they had German shepherds and they were walking up and down the halls and they were like, you can't go in your office. You got to go downstairs. And so everybody got in the elevators. This was at 8.15 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning. And we were all kind of herded out onto these balconies. You know the balconies that Absolutely. they have out there, over there. And, um, you know, within five minutes, they put, you know, Bill Clinton came out, and he was president. And CNN was like the, the, the cable news network. There were no others yet. Um, it was the first one. And so that morning, we got to hear the president speak. And then a few months later, um, King Hussein of Jordan came and spoke to the employees. And for whatever, you know, it was always somebody. And just, they didn't pay me anything. I think I made $17,020 a year um, and got lots of Braves tickets, which was very cool. But um, being able to see those people and go to work and not know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the president's right in front of you. It was just so amazing. That, so amazing. It's heady stuff. Now, it is. when you started working here as an entertainment lawyer, um, you know, how did you decide you wanted to go into entertainment law? It somewhat found me. 
Okay. I was an actor and a lawyer, not yeah. a very good actor, but I would go to various Please. auditions. And sometimes I came back with a part, very seldom, but I usually came back with a client. It would be an art director, creative director, an actor who had a problem, and I would take care of them. Interesting. And then I started representing a couple of talent agencies, and we only had three or four in those days. Now it's in the 40s. They had problems with their contracts. Right. And other people that were under contract to them would go somewhere else. Yeah. So we tightened the contracts and from time to time, and pe- things just sort of moved up. And I became very active in Natus and active in Screen Actors Guild. And I began to acquire clients here and there. Most of them had far more problems than money. Gotcha. Good. Mm. Very cool. Well, you know, you've, you've done, in, in addition to Savannah, you've also done commercials. You've been in a lot of stuff. So tell us, what's one of your most memorable days on set? The most memorable, well, I had two. That's a good one question. One was the Catlins, where I played a United States senator who was a lawyer. <laughs> Keep was, going with that accent. I like it. And I got drunk. <laughs> and it was a wonderful time as being drunk on the set. And another time we were doing Heat of the <laughs> Night, and I was a villain who was shot very early on. But oh. Well compensated. <laughs> good, good death Carol O'Connor, Carol O'Connor was wonderful. He was a terrific man to work with. And we must have blocked the scene. I can't even count how many times. It took six hours. Whoa. And I was going to be shot. So I had these ampules underneath my shirt. And I was told, when you get shot, the fir- the make sure that you do not touch them. Well, six hours later, I got shot, and it hurt. So I touched them, and it split and cut my chin. Ah, and Carol oh came over as I'm lying down, arms splayed, steps on my arm without putting any pressure on. He looks at me and says, you dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was... The first big commercial I did, probably the best, was a Wrigley's gum commercial back in the old days. And we were at the Atlanta airport carrying these giant packs of gum. And I was just hired to be an extra. And I was so green, I had no idea what an extra was. None. The talent agency called me. It was Kathy Hardigree, who was very, very big in Natus for a long time, said, would you like to be an extra? And I said, sure, what is that? She said, just go and... So I get to the airport, and I'm allegedly coming back from my honeymoon wearing a layer on my neck when this my wife, and she's carrying the big pack of gum. Some people said, well, if you want to be a principal, and I'm thinking, yeah, but what is a principal? You need to touch the person that's holding to the gum. So we're walking down, and we probably did this 40, 50 times, and I'm touching her, and the producer says, and the director says, oh, no, 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 you can't touch her. Eh. So we kept going, and I was smiling and grinning and having a great time. And a couple of weeks later, I got a call. You've been upgraded from a extra to a principal. And I <gasps> said, that's terrific. What does that mean? He said, it means you went from $77, and that's how bad the pay was, and it ended up making about $18,000 over the years. Okay, that's Holy good. cow. That was very memorable. So you got residuals. I got residuals. There you go. And I was going to not practice law. All I was going to do was become an actor. <laughs> well, that was an OTO one time only. Amazing. <laughs> Gracious. It was fun. 
I, 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 we, we had a dear friend who was in Nannis, Clarice Geigerman Woodruff. And she was in a small, small, small part in Driving Miss Daisy. Mm. But at the very beginning scene, they're playing, you know, some card game. Right. And she said something like, here, or two, just like one word. And just by doing that for Driving Miss Daisy, she made untold thousands of oh dollars. Oh, God. Yeah. Because, you know, that kept getting picked up, and it was on cable, and blah, blah, blah. Right, right, so right. It can be big, big bucks. Great story about Clarice. I was inducted in Silver Circle after 25 years. What is the Silver Circle? It's if you are in the industry and broadcast for 25 years or more and you've done something right, which I guess means you're still there, you can be inducted into the Silver Circle, which is a nice ceremony that the local Natus chapter has. So we are at the Grand Hyatt, and Clarice was one of the people that spoke, and I guess she was probably in her mid-80s at that point. As she was walking up the steps, she tripped and she fell, but not completely, didn't hurt herself. She walked up, got to the mic and said, I know you guys are worried about me, but I always say it's better to be knocked down than knocked up. <laughs> and from a mid-80s Clarice was just That's terrific. So she That's was perfect. She was awesome. My dad, he used to do a lot of commercials. Um, he was a broadcaster and you know, I was a little, little kid and anytime his commercial played, all he would do is he would, he would like pump his fist in the air and yell "kaching." <laughs> so I, I learned what a residual was when I was very little. "Kaching." Yep. Okay. Sarah's going to private school. "Kaching." But that's a different "kaching." Right. Oh, you're that's right. Kachow. 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 Daryl. Um. I. Our, our very, very astute, talented, amazing audio uh, engineer and producer, Mr. Port Wilson. Okay, that was the worst clapping ever, people. Woo! <laughs> um, he's asked me to ask, because I, I think we're going we're gonna to wrap up in a couple minutes, but he asked me to ask you about Daryl's on-air time at... Our amazing NBC affiliate, WXIA. I don't know anything about this, Port. We have a good time. Uh, we do. I do some commentary separate and apart from that from time to time. I think I'm available, and they know they can get me, and I'm sort of a smart ass, and I give them nice sound bites. But we have a thing called the Dream Team that Vinny Politan put together, and we do legal commentary. Sometimes we do it on the case du jour, other times, such as Tex MacGyver or the hot car death, we did follow the trial from beginning to end, yeah. and we actually won an Emmy on it. So we wow. we were talking. It was kind of funny because the hot car death, the prosecutors would watch us, and we didn't know that. We were on from 12 to 12.30 live. They would take a break from 12 to 12.30, and I found out later that they watched us to see what our take was, gotcha. our commentary was, on how they did in the morning. Interesting. So we have a good time. There's a nice crew of people. There's Meg Strickler and, and Randy Kessler and Charles Middlestadt, who's not a lawyer but a great investigator, and Vinnie Politan just does an incredible job. What do you want to tell the people in, um, in the Southeast about... Uh, potentially joining the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences if they're in the uh, 
field of entertainment? What do they what do they do? What do they get? What do they what do they do if they become a member of this organization, Daryl? Well, you start with it's very inexpensive to join, and that's important. Right. You also begin with you are with people in the industry, whether they're on camera, whether producers, whether directors, whether there are people that want to be on camera, whether people that want to be in the industry. And there's no better networking than you can than you could ever get at Natus. I tell people all of the time that Natus is the best thing going. Yes, we're known for the Emmys, and that's the begin all and end all. But it is also far more than that. The Emmys are where we begin. They're programs. They're right. all sorts of things that you couldn't do by yourself. Right. And it's not a guild, so you don't have to do certain things to be part of it. You join because you want to join. You're part of it because you want to be part of it. And it gets in your blood. And if it gets in your blood, you're going to be there forever and a day. I think that's wonderful. That's the truth. And I would definitely recommend um, anybody listening to look at the National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences. uh, How do we find them? Southeast. Southeast chapter. Southeast chapter. um, And what is a year membership for a professional? I think it's $90. Very, very reasonable. What about a student? I can't tell you exactly because I'm an old guy. It's 45 bucks, I think. I think it's less. Yeah, I oh. think it might be 25 Yeah, I think it's less. Well, Regardless, though, we'll it's, it a, it's an investment. Yep. Yep. It's Yes, it's tax deductible, but so what? It's yeah. an investment in your current and in your future. Yeah. And you can never do better than knowing everyone. And I tell people all the time, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. So make <laughs> a reputation good. and do it, it and do it right. I love it. And that's what Natus really does for people. We really wanted to ask you um, a little bit about your work with uh, on-air talent as an entertainment lawyer. I've been very blessed, and I represent David Chanley, who's the chief meteorologist at Fox 5. Great guy. And Tom Haynes, who's the anchor at 11. Jim Cantori, who's the probably the best-known meteorologist in the country at the Weather Channel, and Jen Carfagno. But there's a great story, and this is what I say. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. Right. Many years ago, because of Natus, a gentleman who's now deceased by the name of Cy Cornblit. I know been Cy. Vi- vice president yep. at Universal Pictures. He and another vice president had a fight with a chair. They left, and he came back to Atlanta, or came to Atlanta on a very nice parachute. I'm not sure it was gold, silver. I suspect it was platinum. Pretty good. And he had me represent this woman who was selling ads for the Cobb County Symphony Orchestra. Now, I'm so knowledgeable, I didn't even know that Cobb County had a symphony orchestra, much (laughs) less ads. And she was owed, according to her, about $5,000. And I said to her, if I can handle this for you without going to court, I'm not going to charge you. Because it wouldn't have been fair, she would have received nothing. And we got her, I think, a nice four or $5,000 settlement, almost everything that she was owed. That's great. Thought nothing else about it. Four or five years later, I get this phone call, and this guy says to me, my neighbor says, you're a pretty good lawyer. I need a pretty good lawyer. Wow. That pretty good lawyer that he needed was Jim Cantori calling me, and I've represented him now for about 15 years. That's amazing. That's great. So, again, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And pay it forward. And paid it forward. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What do you want to say to wrap us up, my dear? I want to say thank you, Daryl. You're always very entertaining. 
And, you know, you've been around a long time, and we really look up to you. Absolutely. I'm an old guy. <laughs> Not really. And handsome. Very handsome. He's easy on the eyes. After all, he did the gum commercial. I know. Yes, chew, I, I didn't chew any gum. But, but you were a principal. I was, finally, <laughs> after two weeks. <laughs> Ka-ching. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for listening to Girls on Film. And we are out.